This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It is Monday morning. Well, as we record this, it's Monday morning. Your time may vary. That means, OG, time to salute the troops. Oh, because you and I you have a Texas bug. partied all weekend for the Republic of Texas. I do have Texas, the Lone Star State. And then Davy Crockett on the back. You've got this mug, don't you? I do. Yep. You may all go to hell. I'll go to Texas. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Whether it's Texas, Michigan, Vermont, wherever, troops kept us safe all weekend. Here's to our military. Big shout out to the men and women keeping us safe. Semper Fi. From the men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union and those of us making podcasts in mom's basement. Let's go stack some Benjamins together. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I got to tell you, I am just about out of here. I told him it was Paulette or me. If it weren't for all the cheese I get to steal out of Joe's mom's fridge, I'd have been gone like yesterday. Luckily, today's guest is here to talk about quitting as we welcome the Emmy-nominated business analyst for CBS News and the author of The Great Money Reset, Jill Schlesinger. For our TikTok Minute, we learn about the value of your last name and wearing someone else's. In our headlines, Lisa Marie Presley just passed away. Her money situation? Maybe there are some lessons we can learn. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Scott, who wants to know about whole life insurance through Knights of Columbus. And then, I'll share some dangerous trivia. And now, two guys who will never quit helping you stack those Benjamins. It's Joe. Oh, and oh, J-J-J-J-G. That's right, Doug. Welcome back to the show that's got your back. You can do this, stackers. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Stacking Benjamin Show. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, the guy who's as charming as a mullet in a Myrtle Beach fashion show, it's Mr. OG. Why, why I get thrown into the bus? You didn't get thrown under a bus. Everybody in Myrtle Beach likes a mullet in the fashion okay. show. All right. Yes. Especially around spring break. How are you, man? Less mullet uh, these days. <laughs> that I can assure you. I would love it if I could grow a mullet. <laughs> like, seriously. If I, I think with the right amount of hair product, I think you could. I think you should give it a whirl. 
Could you try it? Is there any chance? Do you know how that bad you... that would be with the fact I can't grow hair on the top of my head, but I can grow at the back of my head, like have nothing up here yes. and then this long yes, stringy dude. crap in the yes. back. You're like, oh. you're like uh, that quarterback from uh, Jacksonville, that, Trevor I, Lawrence, I, I but 30 years from now. How about speaking of stacking Benjamins, how about this guy who's, you know, got a first round NFL contract, wins a game at the end of the first round of the playoffs and immediately goes to Waffle House. Like, that's my kind of dude right there. That is my kind of dude. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Walks into Waffle House a couple hours after the game. That's good stuff. Something to do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Waffle House. You kidding me? Let's go to Waffle House now. Let's let's hit pause and head to Waffle House. Okay. We got a great show, though. We can't go to Waffle House because Jill Schlesinger. Well, Jill probably go. So there's too. no waffles. Jill, no waffles for you. Jill Schlesinger from CBS is here. Not only has she won a couple enemies, she's a couple enemies, a couple Emmys. Jill has no enemies that I know of. I absolutely love Jill Schlesinger. I've said uh, for a long time, OG, that Jill's work is always my favorite work. I just, Jill Schlesinger is amazing. Jill on Money, a fantastic show. She and her producer, Mark, just wonderful human beings. I'm so happy that she's talking about the great money reset. You know, if you're thinking like a lot of people, remember last week we were talking about maybe quitting your job? You're going to have to quit your job for your hat like that. <laughs> I'm trying to experiment. <laughs> yeah, I go straight forward. I would go with <laughs> yeah. people not watching the video have no idea. Just, what narrow we're it down to, <laughs> just narrow it down to one choice. Don't make. Yes. Either front or exactly back. But the side thing, maybe, maybe not. Jill Schlesinger here. We got a fantastic headline, sad headline, really. Um, so let's get this thing started. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline comes to us from the Daily Mail. Lisa Marie Presley passed away. Oh, gee, I think you may have saw that while you were away. Saw the headline. Yeah. Sad news. 54 years old, same age as me. 
Lisa Marie Presley in this headline was spending $92,000 a month before her death. And she owed the IRS a million dollars and, uh, daily mail. Not says, anymore. She doesn't No, That's, <laughs> That's one a great way. way. Great way to get out of your debt. Uh, what too soon after squandering the hundred million dollar fortune she inherited from Elvis. Uh, she spent more than $92,000 a month among her monthly expenses, $23,500 in rent and $1,078 for a Maserati. She was bringing in a more month? than 78,000 a month for a Maserati. Like what? It, no, 1,078, 1,078. Oh, 1,078. I thought you said 78,000. Yes. I was like, she get a new one every two months. But I don't understand how she's squandering her inheritance because this piece says Presley was bringing more than a hundred thousand dollars a month from her father's estate and businesses. She brought him roughly 4,400 a month from the Graceland estate and $104,000 a month from Elvis Presley Enterprise. So she must have been spending more. And I guess what this means is I don't want to get too much into, into her budget because you know what? I think a lot of the time we look at people that have lots of money, they have lots of resources, and we start throwing stank at emoji. And you know what? That's her business. That's fine. But if she truly, quote, squandered her inheritance, it's not on these monthly payments. It's on those, quote, little things, right? And that's what, that's what kills everybody. It's budget. on the lattes. Well, it's, it's the kid's birthday party that keeps coming up, but isn't in the budget. You're like, oh, I got to buy a gift. Oh, and they're twins. That's what people, whatever people were going to uh, my kid's birthday party, like, oh, I got to buy two presents. Yeah. Uh, the birthday parties, the, you know, dishwasher breaks, the unexpected family that comes into town and you decide you got to go to dinner and they're kind of short on cash. So you pick up their dinner as well. It's these little things that are over and above, I think, that that change the budget. Because looking at Lisa Marie's Presley's expenses here in the Daily Mail, it looks like she's spending less than half per month that she's bringing in. But the question is, how does she blow through $100 million? Is that kind of your... Well, yeah. How do you blow through $100 million on top of that, especially with a cash surplus of $100,000 a month, if this yeah. is correct? Yeah. Well, the other thing that I think about, especially with stories like this is it very well could be not accounting for kind of the moving money from one pocket to the other. You know, it's like, well, I got a hundred million in cash, but I bought a house. Well, now I don't have the cash anymore and I have a house instead. So, you know, there's kind of the net worth number didn't change. So she had a bunch of money down on that Maserati is what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, or maybe hopefully not that, but hopefully other things. But, you know, it's like when people say, well, should I invest in real estate or should I invest in the stock market? Well, I mean, it's both an investment, right? Both of those things are moving money from one pocket to the other, so to speak, moving it from your cash flow or from your cash savings to something longer term. And when you do that, you know, you're trying to make that money compound. You're trying to have that money be going to work, you know, for you so that you don't have to work anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's true whether you have a hundred million dollars or a hundred dollar inheritance. It definitely is on the budget side of things. It's on on the cash flow and budgeting side of things, it's always the, it is always the unexpected stuff. I, I agree with that. Presley apparently was getting her financial house in order, by the way. She uh, said that at one point she was $16 million in debt following disastrous business deals made by her business manager, Barry Siegel. She sued him in 2018, accusing him of mismanaging her inheritance. 
Siegel and his company, Providence Financial Management, countersued, alleging Presley's, quote, out of control spending led to her financial predicament. But whatever was going on, she if she went from $16 million in debt to a monthly surplus uh, that she was using to pay off the IRS and other people, shows it's not too late at any point to go, you know what, I can I can change direction here. Yeah, if you're looking at your credit card statement and it's some number less than $16 million. <laughs> So, so it's doable, right? Do we do we all look good? And do we all look good by comparison here? Oh, phew! I only have forty thousand in debt. Presley had sixteen million. What a bargain! That's the other thing too. When it comes to investing, and you think about lump sum investing, think about times when you have opportunities for the big lump sum, whether it's a pension buyout or a retirement buyout or inheritance or something like that. All of a sudden, all of that. All of that stuff comes out of the woodwork of you should own a Waffle House or you should uh, buy a boat and sail ice from the Arctic down to the people in Costa Rica. You know, I mean, like you think about all this, all of these things come out of the woodwork. And we see stories all the time about people who get in trouble because they get too complicated. They get too, you know, esoteric in their investments because, you know, I don't want to just buy an S&P fund. That'd be stupid. Or I don't want to, you know, invest in ETFs. That's that's what little people do. And it's like, how many stories do we have to have of business deals gone bad before we realize complicated, complicated does not mean better. It needs to be simple enough to understand on a, on a piece of paper. And if, and if you can't figure it out, then, then leave it to other people. That's okay. You got a hundred million dollars. You, you don't need to hit a grand slam every pitch. You have a hundred million dollars. You, you can whittle it down to 50 million and still find your way on that note. There was a piece recently about the lottery and about how some experts are now saying that when you take the lump sum, that that increases the fact that you may just go blow it all, right? That you may ruin it because of your point, OG, you get one shot on a bunch of money and you go do stupid stuff. There's been some experts recently with all of these lottery winners that have done the wrong thing saying that, you know what, maybe taking that option where you get an annuity, you get money every year will help, <laughs> will help you because you're being spoon fed a little bit at a time that yeah. maybe you learn your lesson over time. Like apparently it appears, and I'm, I'm just getting this from this single piece. I don't know if this is the truth or not, but that, uh, Lisa Marie seems to have been getting her act together. I mean, I certainly can't speak to whether or not one's better than the other and never having had the chance to blow a billion dollars of the lottery nor receive Bummer. one star 35 million a year or whatever the math would work out to be. <laughs> I, I think for me personally, like I would do a worse job with the 35 million. Cause I'd be like, Oh, it's January 3rd. Bam. 35 million. Just hit the I bank know. account and it's gone. I thought that and then same I'd be thing. like, well, whatever. Like I can rack up the debt. I don't even care. Like, cause you know why? Cause in January, I get another check for $30 million. I'd be the person so addicted to that paycheck once a year. I'd yeah. be like, Oh, where's my money? Ah, going to the mailbox every day. <laughs> I got our 35 million. I got to yeah. head to Vegas yeah. tomorrow. Not good. Oh, that would be, that would be sweet. Probably not. You know, I was thinking about the fact that she's getting her, her budget in order. If these numbers are anywhere close to correct OG, I've been playing around with cube. In fact, I did a walkthrough of cube on our YouTube channel. People can find it. If you go to our YouTube channel, subscribe there. And you'll see me walking you through uh, cube money. It's interesting. All the new budget stuff that's out these days, 
cube that takes 50s, 1950s-style envelope system and turns it into technology for today. YNAB is another good one where you give every dollar a budget. Um, yep. Cheryl and I have done the you know the weekly meeting for a long time. That's worked for us where it's actually just more about communication and talking through how you're going to spend money this next week. You like one of these budgets better than another for people that you've worked with? Um, I'm a bigger fan of kind of the spending plan in advance, maybe like the YNAB type strategy of, you know, sitting down at the beginning of the month or slightly before the beginning of the month and going, all right, here's how much money's in the account. Here are the days I get paid kind of, kind of running like a, um, like a forward looking cash flow analysis. January 1st, I'm going to have $4,000 in my checking account. On the 6th, I get my deposit of $3,000, but on the 7th, the mortgage comes out. And, you know, just kind of charting out that that cash flow for the month and finding out kind of where's the low point so there's no surprises. And then figuring out at the end of the month, you know, I started with four. Did I end with five? And planning for what am I going to do with that extra thousand bucks before I even get to that month? Because if you've already consumed it in your brain, you don't look for opportunities to blow it. If you don't have that mental map of kind of the roller coaster of ins and outs of cash flow, you get your paycheck on the sixth and and you look at your bank account on the seventh, you're like, oh, I got 10 grand. Heck yeah. Not knowing that this is the two weeks of the month where all the bills come due, the water bill, the electric bill, the mortgage, the car payment, and that 10 grand is going to go all the way down to 600 bucks before the next paycheck. And if you knew that, that's not stressful, right? You're like, okay, cool. I got it. You know, I, I can plan out my, my cash flow. And by the end of this month, I'll be back to where I need to be or something. So that's probably the way that I would prefer to do it. If you need more help with your budget, uh, we've got you covered. We've got our 201 that dives even deeper into all the different ways you can budget and how people have found success with their budgets. It's a free newsletter, comes out twice a week, is generally themed around the ideas we present here on the Stacky Benjamin Show. But even if you miss an episode, you'll get this in your mailbox every Tuesday and Thursday and uh, always free. You can always unsubscribe. Stackybenjamins.com slash 201. Time for our TikTok Minute and OG. I know that uh, you always say that these TikTok Minutes are always hashtag awesome, not straightforward awesome. That is what I will always say. Well, we got a curveball for you today, big guy. And that curveball is is that uh, today our TikTok Minute is a creator who actually, this is a Facebook reel. So going to get a little crazy here. So Facebook Reel today, is this awesome advice from a creator or is this air quotes awesome? Well, if it's on Instagram, then it's awesome. This is Instagram and Facebook. And today, well, I think this gentleman's going to say it all. He's uh, talking about money and talking about keeping up with the Joneses during a uh, church sermon. Let's listen. Is a last name. Abercrombie and Fitch, last name. Armani is a last name. Baskin Robbins is a last name. Chrysler, Pillsbury, Porsche, Procter and Gamble, two last names. Rolls Royce, Charles Rolls, Henry Royce, last name. Versace, last name. Wells Fargo, Henry Wells, William Fargo, last name. Walgreens, Wrigley's, Welch's Grape Juice, last name. Here you are, you think you're buying a product. You are not buying a product, you're buying a name. 
You think you're wearing a product. Hey, look at this product. No, you're saying look at this family. So you don't went to one family called Wells Fargo and got $200,000 so you can go to another family called Rolls Royce so you can get them money to get yourself a car so you can go back to the hood and see the Joneses and say, look at what I, what I got. Meanwhile, Wells Fargo, their family's sitting up being rich and Harley Davidson's and Rolls Royce are being rich and the Joneses are sitting there holding up people's stuff saying, look at what we did and we broke. Bam. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You are buying last names, OG. I like it. And how come you're not creating wealth that is intergenerational like Rolls Royce, like Marriott, like McDonald's, like powerful stuff. And actually McDonald's, I said McDonald's, it is the last name. But of course, you know, if you saw any <laughs> the of those McDonald's movies, people got... Got ding dong down that one, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Ray Kroc took their last name in for a home run, you know? Yeah. But all these last names. And why are you just going around buying other people's last names and making them wealthy? I like it. So good. Coming up next, Jill Schlesinger is uh, not only one of the most awesome people in the universe. The most awesomest. Yes, I present company accepted, of course. Uh, she's a certified financial planner. Of course, she has uh, her amazing Jill on Money radio show and Jill on Money podcast. Uh, you'll find her all the time on CBS Sunday morning. You'll also see her on uh, CBS This Morning, where she recently won two Emmys, OG. She won two Emmys. We should ask her about the Emmys today while she comes down to the basement again. Jill Schlesinger is going to help you if you're thinking about, you know what, time to change career, time to change jobs. How do we do that? Do it the right way. It's got a new book called The Great Money Reset. We're going to help you reset everything. But before that, Doug, I think you've got some uh, trivia for us, my friend. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Do you wish someone would swoop in and save you from your job? Maybe send out the SOS, huh? Well, on this day in 1909, the first Radio Sea Rescue was made thanks to Morse code. They sent out a message that said CQD right before SOS. So my question is, what does SOS stand for? I'll be back right after I try to plug the hole in my dinghy. Well, you know, when I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig. 
and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because... Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm the Titanic of dating and the siren song of saving, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. The code that the boat sent out read CQD, meaning Come quick danger, according to some reports. It was followed by the unmistakable sound of SOS. So what does SOS stand for? Nothing. It just made a very distinct sound when played over Morse code. Kind of like Joe's mom makes the very distinct sound when she's snoring through Murder, She Wrote reruns. And now I'm throwing out an SOS to Jill Schlesinger to help me get out of here. And I'm super happy she's back. Jill Schlesinger back in our virtual basement. I'm so happy to be in the basement. I got to ask you, are you in your barn dominium? (laughs) I am embarrassed because I don't know what that is until one of my faithful listeners pointed it out. You know, did you know what a barn dominium was, Joe? I had no idea until I was listening to your show. And I was- It's a thing. I was right there with you. It was a cool Mm. thing for a guy that lives in Texarkana, Texas, Jill- that would be awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, it's also funny. You know, whenever I hear things, people are like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it's about housing. And they tell me how much money it costs or how much space they have. It's just so shocking to someone from New York City to be like, here, like, oh, I have 6,000 square feet. I'm like, wait, that's like a building, essentially. So. <laughs> You're talking to somebody in Manhattan, caller. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, it's also, I have like these crazy uh, biases also, of course, because what happens is someone will <laughs> say to me like, well, you know, and my rent is $700 a month. I'm like, okay, that is a parking spot in New York. I mean, no one should live in New York. It's so unaffordable, but I love it so much. It is, as you know, I think it's the center of the universe. Did prices come down though during the pandemic? Well, rents came down, prices came down, and then rents came roaring back. Mm. And, you know, of course, here is the very sophisticated analysis. My nieces and nephews were all very helpful and and instructive in me understanding what happened. So my nephew moved back into the city the beginning of 21. He decided he was going to get a, a lease. He signed an amazing deal, but his rent went from like three grand a month 
And then a year later, it was 4800 a month. Wow. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got a great deal for a year. He, so he sort of thinks of it as like, my two-year is good, which is true, right? Like, yeah. that's how we can think about it. You know, all of this change we've seen, not just your nephew, but so many people making changes, I feel like, was that the impetus of this project? Yeah, you know, it's been fascinating to me, Joe, because, you know, as you know, I've been on the air doing some sort of personal financial radio show podcast now for, I don't know, like if I go back, back, back in time for like 20 something years. And it's been fascinating because, you know, the, the questions usually from time to time, you know, they change a little bit based on what is happening in the universe, but not until the pandemic did it change so radically. And I know we all felt this, right? We all felt like, oh my gosh, this horrible thing is happening and it is forcing me to refocus and consider what is going on in my life and what are my priorities. And I found that people essentially were asking me permission to blow up their lives and use their money to do so and refocus them. And I think that's an amazing thing. Like I've done this myself in my life, much to the chagrin of my parents and uh, my friends who are like, <laughs> are you moving again? You're doing that again. But it takes a lot to do that. And what I realized was after call, after call, after call, it was fascinating because it was like I needed to give people a framework, a structure that would help them walk through the process of resetting their lives. And that is how the Great Money Reset came about. It's so timely, Jill, because I don't know, I feel like we all wade through our lives and we just, there's this malaise of yesterday's like today, tomorrow's just a continuation. And it doesn't have to be. And so you're going, yeah, it's okay to reboot. I mean, let's let's start with the woman that you talk about in the introduction. What was her name? Well, I mean, of course, you just, you absolutely, completely almost made me reveal her real name because this is based <laughs> on a person. I felt so, I literally was like, I was about to say the name of the person and the person's name is supposed to be- Melissa. You know, we'll call her, we'll call her air quotes, Melissa. Melissa. Okay. So this was one of the first people that I actually decided I was going to interview for the book. So this is somebody who I knew as a producer in television, and she was on a rocket ship up. I mean, her career was like almost, it was amazing. She kept getting promoted, promoted. And at a time when the pandemic hit, she was like on the way to be pretty much write her ticket. And maybe even if she really wanted it to be an executive producer wow. at a network, which is a massively big deal. Okay. Fabulous. It's not like an executive producer of the Jill on Money show. No. <laughs> Much to Mark's chagrin. So, um, but what's fascinating about that is that, you know, she really was in the pandemic feeling isolated, feeling lonely, feeling like, you know, maybe before the pandemic, she was like, maybe this isn't the best pathway for me. I'm working really hard. I do cool things, but I kind of have no life. So you can make all the money in the world and have the greatest accomplishments. And from the outside, it looks like you have the best job. But if you really have this internal voice that says, is this really how I want to live? Then it really means that you need to think about things. And so what she did was go through a rigorous analysis of how much money she had, what her obligations were, and how she might be able to at least take some time off, probably six months, and absolutely do nothing except drive across the country, see all the friends that she hadn't seen, and reset 
her life to determine what would come next. Now, she might come back to television. I know she's like, actually, she's back in town. I know she's interviewing. I know she's got a big job offer right now in D.C., but she needed to breathe. And, and at the what, time, though, just reading this, Jill, it sounded like there was no real big game plan. It was, I want to get in a car and go and, totally. and, to your point, breathe. Yeah. And I think that so many of us can feel that way. Look, she's lucky because she was single, right? And so she didn't have kids to worry about. You can't just be like, all right, kids, let's get in the car and go. We're going to blow up your lives. But what I have learned in my life is that as I've thought about the transitions I've made, what I give short shrift to is taking that moment to breathe. And if you have done enough saving and with enough planning, you can actually give yourself time to breathe and figure out what comes next. It just takes, I would say, uh, some amount of number crunching, but also it takes emotional work because it's hard to be out of the game. I mean, you're, you, I know that you have people who listen to this pod who are high achievers. High achievers don't like being out. You know, it's all that, it's not fear of missing out. It's like, I'm not even in the game and that's scary. So part of the great money reset is get all the money stuff down, figure out what you want to do, and then you can tackle some of the emotional stuff, but you can't do it unless you give yourself permission to do it. As you're talking, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about this fear of being out of the game and let's get a little more personal. You write that you went through a big transition in the late. 2000s. What's funny is I did in 2000, early 2007, like right before the bottom fell out, I sold my financial planning business, decided at that time I was going to become a high school teacher and a track coach, Jill. Like I was going to just complete, I remember coming home and telling Cheryl, I'm just going to blow up this entire career, the successful financial planning business. But do you, do you regret your pivot? Do you regret any of that? Do you regret getting out of the game? No, I don't. I mean, first of all, I was constitutionally not the right kind of person to be a financial planner over the long term. I really wasn't. I did it for 14 years. I built up a nice business. But when I say constitutionally, what I realized was, so there's a couple of things I realized. I love talking to people. I love helping people. But the ongoing burden of really feeling deep care and responsibility for people weighed on me so much that... I was like the doctor who couldn't figure out how to create boundaries. Oh, yeah. And so that was hard. Also, what I also learned, you know, frankly, is that I built up this business with great notoriety and I didn't really want a big business. That's not who I am. And I sort of stumbled into it. You know, all of a sudden I'm managing $650 million and it's 2000, again, like same as you, like sort of end of 2007-ish. And going into 2008 and like, I don't really like being a boss. I had a bunch of employees. I don't really like having business partners. I had a business partner and uh, I really thought I had to do something different. And um, I had a wonderful friend who really helped me make this transition. Her name is Maureen. And the weirdest thing about this is, you know, not to go too deep right now, but Maureen's like one of my besties, right? She's so like organized and she always like very hyper manages her career. And she would say to me, you know, you need a pink binder. 
And I'm like, a pink binder? What on earth are you talking about? So this is old school, right? It's 2007, 2008. And she's like, we're going to get a three ring binder. We're going to put paper in it. There's going to be dividers. And we're going to have you talk to different people. And you're going to start, you're going to do your money stuff. But now you're going to start talking to all the different people that you think would make you uh, help help form an opinion about what comes next for you. Because I didn't say I'm getting out of financial planning and I'm going to work for CBS News. That is not what happened. I did a lot of legwork for that. It was really great advice. And it's important that you take advantage of these times. So you're ready for like the the stunning, sad part of this story is that Maureen, one of my very best friends, died at the end of that last oh. November. Suddenly, horribly, she was diagnosed with an advanced form of cancer. I got her a pink notebook. And I said, okay, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Because I don't know how much longer you're going to be here. And we use the pink oh. notebook for her to think about what are the things she needs to do as she approached the end of her life. Going through that process with somebody and thinking about a great money reset at the exact same time, frankly, is pretty instructive. Because if you are slogging it out and you are unhappy and yet you have the resources to do something different, and you're not doing something different, then shame on you, because life is short. And I don't know what's going to happen next for any of us. But what I do know is that, you know, Maureen went out saying, like, I've had an amazing life. I've had a fantastic career. There's nothing I left out on the field. This has been a phenomenal experience. I wish it lasted for 25 more years, but this is where I am. And I think that's really has stuck with me that like the confluence of seeing her through her illness and also her being so important to my own reset. Maybe Jill, that's what resonates with me so much about this project because, you know, being like you and money for a long time, I feel like we overthink our money. We overthink the tech strategy. We overthink our budget. We overthink all this crap. We underthink the finiteness of our existence. We totally underthink that. Like we think we're going to die at the end of the story and we don't, we die in the middle. Yeah. And you don't know, right? And so what I think was interesting amid the pandemic is that the life and death aspect of what is happening really did refocus so many people. There are stories, like I told the story of two different nurse anesthetists who were really like on the front line of the pandemic. Couldn't imagine having that job. Right? And the choices that they made and the things that were really interesting and in so what happened was people would call me on the air and ask them a bunch of questions. We'd, we'd move on. And then when I decided to start the project, I went back to the people who I thought had really kind of cool stories. And I said, let, would you, you know, let me interview you for the book. And so one couple, which was like a nurse anesthetist and her husband, who's also in healthcare, who are live in the Pittsburgh area, they told me about this wild story where she's in the operating room and the doctors are all talking about how crazy hot the real estate market is. And she literally goes home that day and says to her husband, I'm selling this house. And he's like, what do you mean? We have no, where are we go? What are we going to do? She's like, I don't know, but this house is worth way more than I thought. I want to take all the equity. I want to pay off the student loans for the kids. I want to pay off our own debt. I want to stop. I have got to get off this treadmill. I cannot work 80 hours a week. I don't want to just throw it in and call it quits, but I cannot live like we are living. And what she ended up doing with her husband is they literally sold their house, found a long-term Airbnb situation. She now works fewer hours. They don't have nearly as much debt. They've got money to like kind of ride it out until their retirement. 
And I just was fascinated by this story. And they turned me on to this other woman who was a nurse who basically kind of chucked her career for a period of time and said, I'm going to walk the Appalachian Trail. Wow. It's so cool, right? Yeah. Just forget about the grind. Forget about the rat race. Yeah. And sometimes we put the grind on ourselves, right? I mean, that's the other thing. Oh, we totally do. I agree. And I think that if you realize that you are in a cycle that is just, it's taking your breath away, it's it's taking, it's sucking the life out of you, you are entitled to make different choices. You are, you give yourself permission to make those choices. Yeah, I don't think we ask ourselves enough, do I like this and do I want to continue this? But I really want to get into the stuff that's in the first chapter, because what I really want to do is lead people into how to begin this journey. So now that you've decided, you know what, I'm going to reset. I agree with Jill completely. It's time for me to think about making a move. You start off by saying, take a good hard look first, which, which I like. Let's talk about that for a second. So don't just go, you know, listen to Jill and Joe and leap. I go quit yeah. your job today. <laughs> yeah. You know what? These two people were so exciting and I'm just going to chuck it all. Okay. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. When you're thinking about fantasizing about making a proactive change, maybe it's like, I'm going to tell my boss to take a hike, or maybe it's like, I want to move someplace else. The funny thing is we, we fantasize about it, but we don't make it a reality, right? We get stuck. We're stuck in neutral. We can't break with our existing reality. So here's the deal. As you might imagine, if you want to reset to a new place, you have to start with where you are today. You've got to take that good, hard look. And this starts with a basic calculation. Joe, I know that you you tell people to do this all the time, but like you tally up what you own, your assets, and what you owe, your liabilities. So that's kind of gives you one first part of this. Now, I think that what I learned a lot during the pandemic around that I maybe gave short shrift to before the pandemic was the idea of liquidity, the Mm. ability to get some of your assets in your own hands without a tax liability or without having to sell some big piece of real estate. So I think that's important. When you think about that part of it, the pandemic was like the world of the unknown. When you're going through any transition, it is going to be an unknown territory and you probably are going to need more cash than you think. That's, that's what I believe and I've learned. So the next part of this is that you really got to figure out, you know, what's coming in and of course, what's going out. When you take a good, hard look, it will provide you with more control. It will allow you to make smarter and more thoughtful decisions and maybe take some more nuanced risks. I love these. You have these split, what you just said. I want to break them down even a little more, Jill, before we go. Calculate the resource at your disposal, to your point, with an eye on liquidity. What can I get and use for this reset? Number two, your debt and liabilities. What do you think about paying off debt before you make the leap? Eh, I'm not sure about that. It completely is determined by what your whole situation is, which is why, Joe, you know this, that I cannot stand people who prattle on about like, this is what you need to do for everyone. That is not true. Some people can pay off debt. Some people can't pay off debt. Some people have 2.85% 30-year fixed rate mortgages. And you have got to understand just how beautiful that is. You have to really consider that paying that off may not be in your best interest. It is 
probably one of the funnier aspects of the planning process that like we somehow think that we can get some cookie cutter advice for everyone. It really does depend on what's going on in your own life. So maybe pay off debt, but maybe not. Maybe that liquidity is really a lot more important to you and you need to have access to your money. So in each case, you might find that paying off or not paying off makes sense, but it really is dependent on your particular situation. The cookie cutter stuff gets rid of the most fun here, Jill. (laughs) Seriously, isn't the fun in the nuance? The fun totally is the nuance. Oh yeah. I have learned so much when talking to people. And I know that emotionally people love the idea, like I want to pay off my debt. And then you come, they come back three years later and say, oh my God, I can't believe I paid off my debt. I really could have used that money for my kid's education. And sometimes you need some people to really just sort of say, hey, wait a second, let me, let's pull back a second. Is that really the best thing for you? Like someone might say today, this minute, as we talk, terrible time to buy a house, right? Mortgage rates are really high. You know, I was sitting next to a guy at dinner a few weeks ago at a dinner party. I didn't know him. And he said to me, he goes, I think it's so funny. He goes, these kids are freaking out. They're paying six and a half percent, 30 year fixed rate mortgages. You know, my first mortgage was a 14% mortgage and I still made a ton of money on the house. And it was the right house for me at the right time. And since I had 18% CDs, I could actually hang into that situation. So even the advice of like, don't buy a house right now, or maybe you should buy a house. It's really about what's going on for you. Which, by the way, brings up the next piece, consider your housing situation. I wasn't surprised to see that, Jill, because you see people that are, you know, they're all about clipping coupons, but they don't realize housing, auto, groceries, like your big three. Yeah. You know, it's funny about the housing market because it's it really did get distorted amid the pandemic. I look at this couple in Pittsburgh and I realize like, wow, that that was an amazing do, right? Like sell, hang out. But people are really scared of this. And I think that a lot of folks become overly attached to their homes. I was talking to a woman recently, she's a a widow, and she said, I'm so scared of selling my house. I said, what's the fear? I said, you're not going to be homeless. You've got a pile of money. She goes, I don't know. Like I've had this house for 25 years and it was like my forever home. And Mm. I sort of like, forever's a long time. You know, you thought your husband was going to live for another 25 years and he's not here. So I think that sometimes selling can be this really freeing opportunity. And what's important as people are considering their great money reset, a lot of it does have to do with where you're living. And some people say like, well, I don't want to sell it because what if I want to come back? Well, let's do the work up front. You know, let's make sure that you check out where you're going first and we do a little taste test and maybe you rent your house for a year, but then like once you make a decision, make a decision, you know, most people don't have the ability to just own lots of homes, rent them out, be distant landlords. It doesn't usually work out so well. What's a philosophical, it's like John Paul Sarch, I think, sorry, French people, I just murdered his name, but, but it's like the absence of a decision is still a decision. And usually it's a suboptimal decision, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You can go through all of the questions, calculations in the world and come to a conclusion, which is, I don't really want to blow up my life. That is valid. And it may be doing so makes you actually happier with where you are. So that's why I think the process can be so helpful no matter what the outcome. So that, you know, if I think to myself, you can go through a whole process, you can create plan A, plan B, plan C, good works well, doesn't work so well, really bombs. 
and you come to a conclusion, you say, you know what? I don't know if I really want to do this. It's okay. You know, uh, my friend, Michael Goodman, who is a money manager here in New York City, he's been on our show a bunch. He loves to say that his goal as a financial planner and investment advisor is that he wants to help people get one bad meeting away from chucking it all. Meaning, you know, you have, you're like, I, I don't care. This was like, that meeting sucked and I'm out of here. Like, but you want to know that going in. You don't want to have a bad meeting, not know what really what the numbers are. So when you're thinking about a reset, know that it may actually just give you more freedom. And that can be so wonderful and make you happier today. Well, that's what I like about this process. Instead of coming home from a lunch where maybe the tuna disagreed with you, so you decide to quit your job. Instead, you you walk through these five pieces with your pink notebook and you are diving into each of these pieces, which gets your not just your conscious brain, but your subconscious brain working on how is this actually going to work? And then I think you kind of can work through the emotions of the whole process as you, as you so eloquent, but say much better than I do in the book, you talk about consider your spending habits. That one to me is obvious. And you dive in, you dive into all of these much, much deeper later on. But last is, and this one surprised me, Jill, consider obligations you might have to others before you leave. What's that about? You know, I think that people, especially post-pandemic, have really taken on a bigger connection to many of the people in their lives. And you may have decided, say, 15 years ago, that, you know, I'm just Jill, I'm just Joe, I'm my own, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, things shift, okay? Things shift over time. And what becomes very interesting to me is that If you and a spouse said, hey, we really want to pay for our kid's college, and then you're like, I hate my job. I don't want to do that anymore. But you've already said you're going to pay for your kid's college expenses. That's something you committed to. That's an obligation you made. What about your parents? You know, a lot of people were like, oh, man, I just learned that my parents are in horrible financial shape amid the pandemic. We started talking about it more. Maybe that's something that you are going to have to take on. I always like to call it the bust out brother, you know, like just, do you have a bust out brother who's like the greatest guy in the world, but always running into trouble and you know, you're going to actually have to take care of that kind of a person in your life. I think everybody does, don't we? Yeah, exactly. And I just want people to at least understand that. I'm not saying you have to foot the bill for everybody, but you know, these past few years has really focused us on what are our family ties? What are our obligations? How do we want to live? Is it more important to me to live in a way where I can be there for my aging parents? I just had a 98-year-old mother-in-law die. If we had just been like 10 years ago, eh, we're moving to Hong Kong. Jackie's got a great opportunity. You know what? We wouldn't have been able to take care of her. And that was an obligation. It was mm. something we always thought about. That So while you have great opportunities, don't forget to factor all of that into your calculations. I love this. And all with a bias toward doing the thing that you love, doing the thing that you want to do. The book is called The Great Money Reset, Change Your Work, Change Your Wealth, Change Your Life, available everywhere. Yeah. And you can just go to my website, jillonmoney.com. You can get it wherever you get, find your books, buy many, many copies. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> as many as you can possibly swallow. 
Seriously, if somebody's thinking about talking to you about making a big, I, I know you're joking because I've known you for a while, but I'm not joking. If somebody's, what's better than getting somebody a book that helps them do the thing they've been bitching about at every lunch you go to, right? Yeah, I mean, there there is that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And you know what? And you can give yourself permission. And I think that's so cool. All right, two more things we have to do before we go. Number one is I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, nobody listens to Stacky Benjamin's Jill. It's just you and me. Yeah. What's sure. something secret nobody else knows about that's coming up on the show that you and Mark can't tell anybody else? Oh, I'll tell you something that's secret. It's amazing. So for the book, we decided we were going to, you know, it was like some nonsense with the publisher and they're like, oh, you know, you should do an event. And then we started digging into it. And so we are going to be rolling out live webinars for the audience this year. So that's the big, that's the secret that will be revealed soon. So the first live webinar is free, but we are going to be rolling out a series of them. It's going to be fun. Awesome. And if they go to Jill on money, they'll get more about that. And then I got to ask you one more thing. What is that hardware sitting behind you? Those lovely Um, golden statues. I am so lucky and I have stumbled upon a career change that allowed me to nab a couple of Emmy awards. And that's that's kind of the neatest thing in the world. So it's not like, first of all, full disclosure, I am more tickled pink than anybody else about this. It's just fascinating to me that like, I can't believe I am so lucky that this happened. But those are Emmy awards, one for CBS Sunday morning during the pandemic era, because um, that year... CBS Sunday Morning won like the best weekend broadcast or best tape show or something like that. Yeah. And and I had done like eight or nine pieces for the show. And so it entitled me to an Emmy. And the other one is because CBS Mornings just won the best morning show. And um, because I appear enough, I, I was part of it. So, so psyched and pumped for that. And um, yeah, they're in the background. I'm psyched just because I know you. Oh, hey, I know it. the I Emmy know winner. And we like, I know we, the Emmy but winner. But didn't we not fall in love with each other almost immediately? Oh my God. You were the sister by another mother, like yeah. immediately. I don't yeah, know totally. what the hell. I was like, I was telling everybody afterwards. I'm like, I, I don't even know this woman. And I felt like she is my BFF immediately. I know. Was, I know. And I love that. And I really do love that. I find it to be like one of the beautiful benefits. And we were just talking about this before we went on the air that, you know, it's so lovely to meet other people in the industry. So it's like, People will say to me, like, isn't Joe your competition? I'm like, I guess, but I never think of it that way. I think of like, there's a bunch of people who do what we do and we really like each other and it's so cool. And I would not be where I am without people like you that have been very big cheerleaders for me. So thank you. Well, you are amazing. It's very easy to cheerlead for you. We'll have links to everything, Jill, including the Great Money Reset on our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. Jill, thank you so much. Great talking to you again. Thanks for having me. I'm Rocky Lalvani, the Profit Answer Man. And when I'm not helping small businesses stack Benjamins for themselves, I'm stacking Benjamins for myself. So many thanks to Jill for hanging out with us again. Oh, gee, it was great to see Jill. I love this idea. You want to do the reset. You should think strongly about the reset. Your life is shorter than you think it is. Don't waste time on stuff that's 80, 70%. But I also love this. Take a good hard look before you leap, right? Go through those numbers and set up a plan to leap. Like how many times have you seen people that came up to you over your life and went, I'm going to open a restaurant or I'm going to do this thing. And you're like, yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. 
like work through the numbers and you'll figure out how to do this the right way. But shouldn't we be supporting those people instead of going, yeah, that's not going to work. Shouldn't we say something like, I will walk me through this. (laughs) I will still support them. But in the back of my head, I'm like, this is not a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why, that's why also trusting friends and family's opinions is so tough because they just want to be supportive. I think that's why you need people in your corner that you don't know Uh who will be much more blunt. You need like a good solid Gordon Ramsay, uh, Simon Cowell kind of person who's like, that's the dumbest crap I've ever heard. Because that's somebody that really wants to see you succeed and wants to see you not fall in it. So they're willing to have a scuffle between the two of you so you don't end up wasting a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that kind of circle of people that you're, that you're with, I, you know, I fly airplanes and we always you know, have this text thread on of like, Hey, I did this, or I had this cool experience when flying or whatever like that. And a buddy of mine texted this thing that he did and it was cool, but it was also not a safety issue, but I wanted to just remind him that it could have been, you know? And so we have that relationship to be able to go, I get that you were successful and and you could do this when it comes to money too. It's like, I get that you've been successful with money, but this doesn't sound like you, (laughs) you know, this, this sounds like. Reddit and Wall Street bets. This doesn't sound like you in your normal safety protocol as it relates to flying. Now, you've got to have a good enough relationship to be able to call your buddy to the carpet and go, nope, yeah, that doesn't sound like you. If I present it well, there have been very few times. I almost said never, but then I thought of a time. Almost never do I regret having that discussion with somebody where I'm like, hey, uh, maybe you want to pump the brakes on this. Yeah. Yeah, just a sounding board is fine, you know. Yeah, I, I don't, very few of us have earned the the Gordon Ramsay or Simon Cowell. Like that was awful, and that tasted like garbage. Right. It's more like, ah, right. did you put a lot of salt in that dish? <laughs> Tell me how you made it. Mm, maybe next time, just well. And how much of that out. is also just for TV purposes, right? Yeah, you know, they're just they're just doing that partly for ratings because you know everybody likes having that person to hate. I was talking to Paula Pant about this recently, by the way, Paula from Afford Anything, she was saying, you know, especially OG, your family, if you're going to go off and do something entrepreneurial, they are going to be the biggest naysayers though, in her opinion. She's like, when I went from working for a newspaper to wanting to become an online blogger, she said, everybody, everybody in her family said, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? That sounds like a horrible idea. And she's like, you also have the wherewithal to do it anyway. But I think that's where Jill comes in with these numbers. Don't rely on friends and family's opinion. Go, okay, how much money do I need to make? How much money do I need to keep the lights on? Like one of the best things that happened to me near the end of my first year as a financial planner, we had these uh, case analysis meetings we'd go to and we'd have these more veteran planners on. I remember this guy, Nathan came in and spoke to us once and he just asked us point blank, how much money do you need to make today to, to keep the lights on? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, really? You're running a financial planning business. You've no idea what your cost structure is so that you have a strategy to make sure that you at least make that so you don't go out of business, but then also pay yourself a salary. And so, man, it was that day when, I don't know, the light bulb came on. I'm like, wow, I really got to work through these numbers. I got to know exactly what I'm... And then every day I tried to make sure that I would make that amount of money. If, if it was the end of the day and I was tired, I'm like, no, I got to make these two phone calls because I haven't made my 85 bucks yet. That's going to keep the lights on. Yeah. It's a good way to think about it. 
It super was. Sit down, look at the numbers. Love it. Uh, we'll also link more to themes in the Great Money Reset in the 201 and uh, Kevin Bailey uh, from our team, formerly with TIA and Vanguard, but now he's here on our team. Uh, love the work that Kevin does uh, in our 201. Stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. That's our newsletter. All right. Let's talk with Haven Lifeline. Tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency OG, they put what you value first. Sounds like, by the way, seeing the pictures of your Cayman's experience, Free you value high quality food and uh, copious, copious amounts of wine. Oh my, just that that one wine menu you sent me of just the uh, the champagnes. Yeah. From early 1990. You had a bottle from 93. Indeed I did. Thankfully, not the whole bottle. Just a, cl- <laughs> just a couple of glasses. But it never runs dry in the Caymans, that's for sure. Nice food and wine festival there. Uh, right now, I value um, a juice cleanse. And <laughs> I can't, can't be a, a liquid diet for the next uh, <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. And, and some workouts. I did work out while I was there. Alyssa was like, what are you doing? Did you? Oh, yeah. I got I got my 150, actually a little bit more than Good. 150 minutes of required cardio a week. So I got a little bit of that in. Um, I didn't I would, didn't work out every day, but I got the full two and a half hours in for the, uh, in fact, the last day of the week where, you know, kind of my week cycles over, I was an hour short and I was like, just, just sitting on the beach going, <sighs> shouldn't have got out of here. I, should, I shouldn't have come out here. I should have just done this this morning at seven o'clock. It's like, and that's like noon. It is the day is dragging on. I'm like, well, I got to go now. I have to go now. I'm just, I'm putting my, I'm standing up. I'm standing up right now. You're a better man than me because at that time of day, I just, I'm like, yep, tomorrow. Yeah. No, <laughs> bring it up next round. I will catch I had, up I had tomorrow. a physical a couple of weeks ago. So I, I got the stern talking to have you actually gotten the stern talking to yet? No, no, I got, I did the physical. I'm going to get the stern talking to. So what I need to, cause I was like, well, I'm going on vacation. And then he called me and he's, there's a voicemail. So I texted my doctor and I said, is it life altering or should I party like crazy in the, in on vacation? He goes, well, you might as well get one good, one more good weekend before I call you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, it's your, uh, it's your loved ones in your time. It says your Oh, we're doing the Haven lifeline. It's your loved ones in your time that are the two most important things. That's why they made body quality term life insurance actually simple. Uh, because when you get the physical, you want to already have that life insurance in place. Had to stack your bench. You absolutely need to. <laughs> yep. You got to go get a physical, get the insurance first. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven life now for your free quote. I uh, love what they're doing because they have fantastic customer service. No waiting several weeks for a decision. Price is affordable. It's all online. It's all been streamlined. And of course, they have the backing of their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insurer. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our friend, Scott. Say hi, Scott. Hi, guys. I had a question when it comes to um, life insurance. Currently, my wife and I and our two kids have insurance through Knights of Columbus, um, I know it's a little different than most insurance companies since it's uh, based out of the Catholic religion. The question I have is we have life paid up to age 65 whole life insurance through them. And I was wondering if we should continue to get life insurance through them or if we should move to a more affordable option. would love to hear all you all that you guys have to say about it. Thanks. 
Hey, thanks for the call, Scott. And a very interesting question. I was just thinking the other day how on the Haven Lifeline, a life insurance company, we get very few, very few questions about life insurance, which is an important area. And Scott, I'm glad you're thinking about this and hearing the kids in the background. They'll be glad you were thinking about this too. Either way, either you're around for a long time and you wasted a bunch of money, which is what we're all hoping for, or uh, or or you took care of your family. You know, I have no problem, OG, with Knights of Columbus as a Catholic guy too. Good company, been around a long time, but it's a whole life policy that he has for his family. What do you think about that? I'm with you on this one. I, I I don't think that the company really matters as much anymore. There's there's some things that you got to be aware of in terms of their claims paying ability. And you probably don't want to buy insurance from the, the, the guy selling milk at the corner store, you know, Hey, invest in my, you know, I'll, 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 I'll pay it. It's I'll fine. Spot give me you. all your premiums. Right. I'll give me all your premiums. I, I got you covered. You know, you want an insurance company that's got some high claims paying ability and you can check all that. That's looking at their S and P rating or their Moody's rating and Knights of Columbus is going to be fine there. And I don't even really have a problem with the paid up till 60 thing. So basically what, what he's done is he's got life insurance and he's made premium payments. And at some point in time in that process, they sent him a note and said, you're, you're good till age 60. You don't have to pay us anything anymore. And then after you get to be 60, you're going to have to pay more if you want to continue this, but you're good. No more premiums paid. You're good. The problem probably is, is that the amount of insurance required is probably way, 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 way low. I think a lot of people think, in relatively small numbers when it comes to life insurance, because they're used to thinking in terms of their salary. You know, we kind of anchor ourselves around these different numbers, right? We, we know how much the house costs. We know how much money we make every year. We know how much the car payment is. You know, those sorts of, those numbers are kind of readily available as we think about them. What we don't think about is 20 or 30 times those numbers. And if you've got a young family and you're thinking, okay, I need to make sure that if something bad happens to me, that the bills are paid, the kids go to college, you know, and there's food on the table. And now you have to think about this, not only for the next 30 years of your working career, but then also for your family, you know, your spouse's 30 or whatever year retirement time frame. Because not only do you need to provide for them while they're kind of in the growing phase, but there's also no savings going on during that time. Your plan was to save a whole bunch of money by the time you were 65 or 60 or whatever, right? You, you know, that was your goal. And instead, you're 38 and something bad happens. So not only do you have to pay for all of that, but you also have, have to have all of the savings that you're going to accumulate already done. And that's where life insurance comes in. So I think the first step in all of this isn't company and that sort of thing. It's rather to do a quick analysis of, well, you know, what do I need what to, type? to yeah. make sure that in case something bad happens? And I think you'll be surprised. Most people are surprised by the dollar amount. Here's how to think about it. I assume that everybody wants all the bills paid. I mean, mortgages, car payments, all that sort of stuff. I've never known anybody to go, yeah, I'm glad that my spouse is dead. At least I have a mortgage payment. You want to write a check and be done with it. The second thing that I think everybody wants to do is they want to fund college for all the kids immediately. You know, so you can think about that and go, okay, these are big checks I'm going to write. I'm going to write off, pay off the mortgage. I'm going to write a big check to pay off all the credit card bills and debt and home equity loans and student loans that I have. And I'm going to write a big check to fund all the kids' college. Then... I want you to consider how much money do you need to live on every month for the rest of your life without your spouse having to go back to work? And, and you say, well, no, if I die, Julie, she's really smart. She can get a job. Or if I die, Tommy's really smart. He's, he's been working his whole life. He'll keep working. How do you know? 
And really when it comes to this, I want you to think about it in the terms of, can we give that person a choice? They're probably not going to go back to work. You die on Friday. They're not going back to work on Monday. Probably, right? That's probably like, hey, how was your weekend? Ah, it sucked. Julie died. Time to make the widgets. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have some space. So we all accept that to be the case, right? We all accept there's going to be some time, but that what we don't accept is that there's going to be no time where I want to go back. And if you have young kids, maybe you want to stay home with them for an extended period of time. Like who knows? Hopefully, many people listening to this, I would imagine almost everyone has not had to go through that. And I would also submit to you that if somebody has, I bet you that they said, I like, or I wanted to have more flexibility. So give yourself all the flexibility that you need, which is, I don't ever have to go back to work. And I'm not saying that you need to have life insurance to, you know, so that they can go buy an island and a yacht. I'm saying like, how much do you need to live on? Do you spend $5,000 a month right now? That's $60,000 a year. Well, how much is that for the next 50 years of your life? Invest in so on and so forth. You can do those calculations, but don't think about it in terms of like, well, Tommy made $100,000 a year. I just need to have a couple years worth of salary because you'll burn through, like we were talking about with the Presley kid, you'll just start writing checks because you want to do that. You, you, you know, you go, I don't want a mortgage. I want to have this house paid for. I don't, I don't want the kids to worry. So I'm going to have their college paid for. If you have a couple of kids and they're young and a mortgage that you just started, you're easily writing a check for half a million dollars, maybe more on day one. So start with that. And then once you know what the number is, then you can start researching what's the best way to pay for it. For a lot of people, it's term insurance. I know I need this coverage for this period of time. And then now I can go look for the least expensive choice there that, that makes the most sense. Life insurance is very commoditized right now. You know, there's no significant benefit to, you know, using KFC versus mass mutual or, you know, they're quite ubiquitous. It's really going to boil down to your health and a good insurance person will be able to kind of review your health with you in advance and say, oh, you know, you smoke tobacco. This is the company we want to use. They're a little bit more lenient or, you know, you have this medical issue. You know, this is a company that makes more sense. And then the cost, that's really it. So start with the end in mind, which is how much do I really need? And then kind of back down. And how long do you need it for? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, whole life insurance policy though, OG, because there are some things to think about ahead of time. Number one, this is guaranteed coverage and it's guaranteed to last forever. And that's why it costs so much, but realize what you're giving up is a guaranteed locked in. This will never go away policy. If you have a whole life policy. I agree with OG. You should think about canceling it, changing the way that you do your life insurance. However, you got to know that going in, that this is expensive for a reason. You are giving up some Yeah, and I don't, I, don't, I don't even know that the right answer is to cancel it. It might just be to layer it on top of it. Add on, yeah. And of course, if you already have insurance in place, you need to get the new stuff in place before you get rid of the old that stuff. That was the second thing I was going to bring up. Because yeah. no, no company will be like... <laughs> oh, oh! you didn't want to cancel it because you have this heart condition now? Weird. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. We can't give it back to you. Yeah. And what happens, what OG's talking about is that uh, you do the, you know, whatever medical exam or, or digging that the life insurance company has. And how many times, OG, have you seen somebody find out from their life insurance application that they have a problem they didn't know about? Yeah. And if you've already canceled the existing coverage, you're doubly screwed. So don't cancel anything. Don't make any changes until you apply and then start redesigning the house once you know what you're actually dealing with. All of this stuff seems super overwhelming. 
And Haven, in particular, Haven does a fantastic job of a calculator online where you can put in your your data and it'll say, hey, this is kind of the range you want to be in. You can do the math and double check their math. And then they have such an easy application process of, you know, some of it's not even medical review. You know, if you're healthy enough and young enough, you can just answer a few questions and boom, done. Or they can upload your medical information from your doctor just like that and give you an approval. So this isn't a thing that you're going to have to drag out, hopefully, for a really long time. It's sit down, kind of do the math, work through the application stuff, which is really quite simple, especially on Haven's site. And you can have it done in a weekend. Don't delay. Thanks again, Scott, for that. Yeah, yeah, get it done. Get it done. Hey, uh, thanks again, Scott, for that question. If you've got a question like Scott has or a different question, we will be sending to Scott because he took the time and energy to call the Haven Lifeline. Give him a greatest money show on earth uh, t-shirt made by our good friend Brad Lark at uh, Flying Pork Apparel in Cincinnati. Or uh, how did how did uh, Ernie Harwell always call it when he was the Hall of Fame Detroit Tigers announcer? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. <laughs> Stackofbenjamins.com slash voicemail gets you there. That's going to do it for today. Just uh, some housekeeping about uh, coming up here on a few different channels. We had a fantastic discussion two weeks ago with Eric Sorensen from Minnesota Insurance Brokers on Fireside. It was a live Fireside recording, and so many people had great questions. If you want to join us for lives, do one of two things. Either sign up for the Fireside app, which is a it looks like a flame. There's a few different Fireside apps. This one has a photo of Mark Cuban and a Phalamphatomy, who's the creator. Mark Cuban provides the money for this app. But sign up for Fireside and follow me on Fireside, and you'll get notices whenever we're going to go live there. Or sign up for our YouTube channel. We also simulcast there, and you'll see clips from all of our shows and additional clips over on YouTube. I know YouTube's all about short content. I think everybody's kind of doing the TikTok thing, OG. They got Instagram reels, Facebook reels, now YouTube shorts, all doing the TikTok mm-hmm. thing. So follow us over there. If you want a list of all the stages where we make sure that you get good financial education, just go to our welcome kit, stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome. And it's a short free PDF that shows you all the different places and links to follow us on all the different places where you are. Because over the years, OG, this has gone from a podcast to uh, we kind of try to be wherever you are and people are all over the place. Multimedia application of Stacking Benjamins. I I do have to say, I kind of liked it when it was easier, (laughs) when it was just, we'd sit down and make a podcast and that was it. But it is, it is fun. I don't dance, but the TikTok thing sure is fun. Uh, Hey, and as uh, recession fears continue to ramp up, you might be feeling anxious to make some moves in your finances, but I'd like you to do this instead. Check out this free guide from OG and his team that they put together that'll help you plan more and panic less, no matter what the market does. Some great insights on what you should be doing and smart questions to ask yourself so you'll make financial decisions that your future self is going to thank you for. Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash guide. That's stackingbenjamins.com slash guide to get OG's free guide. I think that is it for today. Doug, you've got it from here, man. Wrap this thing up for us. Put a bow on it. What should we have learned today? 
So what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from Jill Schlesinger. Looking to make a big reset in your life? Take a good long look first before you leave. Second, budget? While we'd all love to spend $100,000 a month, maybe it's better to see what's available and find a great app to help us stay on track. But the big lesson? Oh, that's what CQD means. And now I know what that girl kept writing on her napkin during our first date. Yeah, that, that kind of adds up. Thanks to Jill Schlesinger for joining us today. Find out more about her work at JillOnMoney.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at StackingBenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. You can hire Paulette as your very own writing coach. With her program, Your Personal Editor, you get 10 sessions one-on-one with Paulette to add power to your words. More information at yourpersonaleditor.com. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Oh man, you're still listening? You're hoping for some more? I think we're all hoping for more. Well, I think we got a lot more during the holidays, didn't we? And if you went too far with the more, let's give you some more. We'll tell you how putting a plan in place to get that debt taken care of would be a phenomenal way to make sure that you have more in 2023. Partner up with Navy Federal Credit Union to pay down your debt. Start off with your credit card debt. You could get a low intro APR on balance transfers with their platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card. It's a great tool to pay less interest to quote the man, right? While you're paying down debt. Navy Federal can also help you get started with your next home improvement project. So if it involves borrowing money, they offer a home equity line of credit with convenient access to funds when you need them at a variable rate. You can also get a fixed rate equity loan that has set monthly payments for large purchases. Consolidating debt with a home equity loan could streamline and lower your monthly payments. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, equal housing lending, membership required, loan subject to approval. Call 1-888-842-6328 for details about credit cost and terms. HELOC APR is lowest 6.5% as of November 23rd, 2022.
We've got a couple of, uh, of reviews for you today. Oh, gee, you've been watching this one. This is the uh, Yellowstone prequel, 1883. And here's a short trailer, some sounds from 1883. See, I'll just sit and watch. You look like you had it figured. Thanks for the help. You James Dutton? Yes, sir. Mind if we speak? Whatever you're selling, I ain't buying. Daddy! My family's meeting me here tonight, and we're heading north. And we'll keep heading north till I find country's worth the journey. I admire your courage. But you're gonna pick a fight you can't win before long. What's that for? Not sure. But I'd sure hate you don't have it when we find out. This journey will be dangerous all the way to Oregon. I believe in you. And I believe in that boy. And I believe in our daughter. And that's all. Wow. Some drama at the beginning. You see, uh, looks like Tim McGraw there, who's uh, fighting with some people, fighting away some bandits or bad guys or whatever, and says, you're just going to stand there and watch <laughs> the amazing Sam Elliott, that voice of his, mm-hmm. that voice of his is incredible. If I had his voice, I'd just burn mine. Oh, and that mustache too. Oh yeah. Although you can probably pull off a Sam Elliott mustache if you were. I, I got a ways to go. Got a long way to go there. So what do you think about 1883? Uh, Cheryl watched this. It's funny that um, uh, this is Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. My friend Todd was telling me this last week and he's like, you got to watch 1883. It's really good. Well, if you've seen Yellowstone, then this will feed nicely into it because it's kind of the, it's the pre-prequel. They have another one coming out or already out for the next generation. But uh, if you think there's a lot of death in Yellowstone, go jump on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> it's uh, I've only played the old video game and I died every time. So Yeah, I watched it with a sense of interest just in terms of the cinematic effect of what it must have been like for the people who were on that journey. Basically, it starts out with Tim McGraw's character, and they're going north. They, they don't know where they're going to go. He's just going north until he finds a place, like he said, that's worth the journey. It gets linked up pretty quickly with Sam Elliott, who is marshal of some kind, and his kind of number two. And they've been hired to take a group of Germans who landed in Galveston, made their way to Fort Worth, and now they're trying to get to Oregon because they've been promised free land in Oregon or promise that there is free land in Oregon and, you know, so on and so forth. None of them speak English. They've got, you know, everything that they own with them. And it's a little bit of a comedy of errors of all of these things. You know, they're trying to do a river crossing and one guy has a a grand piano in his, his trailer. And Sam Elliott's like, no, you can't take a piano with you on this trip. I've told you only the essential things. He's like, I'm a musician. This is essential. He's like, it's not. They chuck it out. That's you know? one of the few scenes I've seen. I saw that that scene. And there's a ton yeah. of coping going on there. A ton of coping. I would just well, imagine. Not coping is what's going on. Well, but, um, yes. I mean, but just getting it through your head that uh, this stuff can't go. Yeah. I looked at it from the perspective of trying to get there. Yeah. yeah like, what is it like to get there? Right. The perception of these German people about what they were doing, where they were headed, what where they were going versus the reality, the brutal reality of what was going on was 
tough. The other thing that was really mind boggling to me, they tell you, they say that, you know, you have a twin somewhere, you know, like somebody that looks exactly like you, a doppelganger as it were. And the uh, lead actress in this show, the daughter of Tim McGraw and Faith Hill's character, her name's Elsa, is an exact spitting image of what my wife looked like when she was 18 That's and 19. Why. That's why. It is insanely uncanny. The exact, like the facial feature, like it's unbelievable how precise that was. I was like, holy crap, I was like looking in a time machine. So that was kind of fun to watch. But, um, you know, it's a good story. I watched it all on a plane. Like I watched all 10 episodes from the time I left Dallas till the time I got back to Dallas. I watched the last one an hour before we landed. I got a real problem, I have to say, with there are some series that I want to watch. And I'm trying to think of the exact series, but I'm like, oh, good. This is great. Things started, OG, on the plane on episode two. I'm like, why? <laughs> nice. whose idea is it to start on episode two? Like, you clearly don't want us to watch this because I haven't seen episode one and I really want to watch it. So I skipped it. Um, maybe it was Severance. I think it was Severance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So a few more flights coming up this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm out of 1883. I'm going to have to like do something else for the next four I hours. I got a very so. short review as well. Uh, I just want to play the quick trailer. I went and saw the latest in the Avatar series, uh, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Let's listen to just a little bit of uh, these sounds. just imagine with all that sweeping music i just want to play a little bit of that music if you watch the first avatar what the scenes look like because james cameron in avatar one built this world out og that you know and everybody knows that disney uh brought to uh the animal kingdom it's a cool part of that theme park watching these vistas of this world that you'll never reach pandora is pretty cool the guy that created that music that we just heard I heard an interview with him. Disney has a podcast called Four Score, which is about the musicians that bring you the music from all these popular movies. And they're not all Disney movies, but if you like kind of the behind the scenes, uh, how did these people get into music? What did they do? What did they think about when they were making this music? I guess I didn't know. I knew that Avatar was now becoming a thing that's going to be with us for a long time. Like, you know, Disney's like, hey, James, you want to do even more? Not only did James build this world, James also hired a linguist and the languages that are on this planet are all real full languages. And you can look up the guide to the languages online. Like they have created complete languages, like the backstory and the depth. And you can feel it when you watch these scenes. So gee, it looks like if you watch the first one, this is a continuation. It's one of the few movies that I will go see in 3d. I, I paid extra for the 3d. Because it's so immersive and you're so there in this world, this National Geo, you feel like you're watching a National Geographic special for a place that you can never visit because it's fake, right? And it's <laughs> so fantastic. And I'll tell you this, just to keep this short, 
it's the same gorgeous world wrapped up among the biggest crappy story. Just a, ah, there's a, there's a piece. So the bad guys are back, right? They're trying to destroy Pandora, but the bad guy, the bad guy in, in quotes, partway through this time, they're going to dress up like the uh, Navi people. They're going to dress up like the, the people that are, that are on Pandora and they're going to use these avatars to fit in so that they actually can uh, more easily get their objectives. A little Trojan horse story. Yeah, get their objectives done. They'll fit in and, you know, the, the world doesn't conspire against them because they think that these are just natives and they're not. Well, partway through the leader of the quote bad guys, and I say bad guys because it's so eye roll, good versus bad says to his squad, he goes, you know what, guys, we got to fit in. If we're going to look like this, we really got to start acting like this. And partway through the movie, he has a redemptive scene where he's really getting into it. OG. He's like, this is really cool. So he could stop being the bad guy, which would be an interesting movie. It'd be an incredibly interesting movie to see this guy change, but nope. Guy decides I got to take some hostages. I got to prove to things. We got to kill some people. We got to burn this to the ground. And so that we have a good guy versus bad guy fight, which I've seen 900 times in every effing Marvel movie. And I just wanted to throw up. I could have watched this movie all day, all day, all day, all day. If it weren't for the horrible, stupid ass plot, the, the, I will go see the next one just because I like the nature channel for this fake world. <laughs> the fake world building that James Cameron's done is amazing. It is so incredible. And by the way, and I started telling you this story when I was telling you about the composer, the composer told us there's five of these now. There's five. They've already filmed number three as well. Uh, so we're wow. in for Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Avatar 5. But God, I hope they do something about this story. This story's just so horrible. Anyway. It's a pass for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, I can't I can't recommend it. As beautiful as it is. And it's going to be, as you saw, the number one grossing movie, right? It's about to pass the Spider-Man movie that currently is the highest grossing movie. And the, the story's not good. Anyway, if you do go see it, if you decide to sit through the story like I did to see the, to see the place, which truly is incredible and fun and amazing, spend the extra money and do it in 3D. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all 
of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.